Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Thursday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation? Hope you'll join us on the Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. 601-879-4395. We've got plenty to talk about today, and my guess is that uh, you will have plenty to say as well. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about everything that's happening at Pearl River Resort by visiting their website, pearlriverresort.com. Uh, a fairly eventful 20 hours or so since we uh, we finished Sports Talk Mississippi yesterday. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us, fellas. What's up? <clears throat> a-, a lot? Has anything happened? Uh, Things have happened. I I, I I went home and I just I just went to bed. I didn't I didn't see anything. I thought you had another uh, radio program after hours finished. After that, yeah, just after that, yeah, you know. I don't yeah. I don't remember much about that program. There was I Borky, feel like there was a traumatic moment in the middle of it and it from that moment on I don't remember anything. Borky, is there anything you can I do to, to uh, help refresh Brian Haydad's memory? Um Twitter is a website that needs to be I mean just go. It just needs to go away. It gets so many people in trouble. It causes people to do stupid things. Just delete Twitter. You don't need it. Football coaches, <clears throat> football players, fans, you don't need Twitter. Just delete it, and a lot of your problems would go away. That's what happened last night. Twitter is a very bad website. And people need to stop using it. If they didn't, there would be far less drama. Should we should we play Brian Haydad from Thunder and Lightning on the radio last night? If sure, if you didn't hear this in real time, <laughs> uh, Haydad was was clipping along on I know his Mike show. Mike Leach was joining us today. 
Cough, cough. <laughs> I have a little frog in my throat today. It's been bothering me all day. Yes, yeah, so Hey Dad's in the middle of talking about whatever he was talking about. And then, no, no, I, like I don't know exactly what the content was surrounding it. You may be in the middle of a basketball conversation. I was talking about the bowl game when uh, we got something on the C Spire text line that uh, said, hey, Dylan Johnson has tweeted that he's out. Because I I had already addressed that earlier in the show. We had talked about the portal. I had said that I expect Dylan Johnson to go just waiting on the, the tweet. And I started reading the tweet, and I assume we'll, we'll sort of take it from there. We will uh, we will take it there. So uh, the tweet, if, if you want to check it out on your own, is from Sports Talk Mississippi. And this was Brian Haydad. Say what? I can't believe Dylan Johnson's tweet is still up. I You'll see me saying this thing that I, I didn't think it would be. So so this was Brian Haydad last night on Thunder and Lightning immediately after Sports Talk Mississippi ended. Oh, did we get a tweet here? Hold on, we may have some good old-fashioned breaking news. Dylan Johnson, yeah, that makes it official. He is... Uh, I'll read. I'll actually read it out here on the. Uh, this comes straight from Dylan Johnson's Twitter account. First and foremost, I'd like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at the college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and support they have shown me throughout the season. To Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, and amazing fans, it has been an honor to participate in this program with you all. Together, you guys have helped me build my character and skills tremendously. With that being said, since I am not very tough. And Leach is glad I'm leaving. Ooh. Oh. I will be entering my name in the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. I'm going to screenshot this because I am of the opinion that will not be up very long. Let me do that right quick. There we go. So he was screenshotting it, and yet it is yeah. still up. The tweet is it's still amazingly there. Dylan Johnson has not backed away from it. He has not. Very surprising by that. I mean, normally in this day and age, you make the controversial uh, statement, and then a couple hours later somebody says, hey, dummy, take that down, and it gets taken down and you move on with your life. Not the case here, Dylan Johnson. I mean, he's standing by what he's saying. I'll, I'll say that as much. So give us the backdrop, right? I mean, there there are probably people who have not necessarily been buried in this all day long, so the idea that he is not tough and isn't wanted in Starkville or that Leach doesn't want him on the team anymore, mm-hmm. g- give us the backdrop. Well, it's, it, it came from a conversation that Mike Leach had with one of his teammates who for reasons unknown to us at this time, decided to record that conversation, and that conversation got back to Dylan Johnson, and he took it poorly, as you can tell. Uh, he did not appreciate what Mike Leach had to say about him and uh, and went to Twitter to, 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 to convey his message from there. Today is going to be a day, Richard, and it, it'll be one of the days that Borky likes, where we're going to have a lot of uh, both things can be right or both things can be wrong, or two people can be right or wrong at the same time. We are really going to have to deal in shades of gray today, more than, more than, uh, more than black and white, because there's a lot of blame to go around in this, in this instance, in my opinion. So 
And it's on both sides. It's 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 all three. I mean, I think Dylan Johnson is to blame. I think Mike Leach is to blame, and I think the 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 party that recorded this video is to blame. There's a lot of blame to go around in this, and it, it's just it's it's turned a you know what should have just been a pretty normal okay Dylan Johnson's in the portal off he goes who will state replace him with kind of new cycle into this whole other thing that has brought a a good bit of negative attention to Mississippi State. There's a lot to unpack with it all. I For some reason, I feel like people are not talking about the most fascinating and, and maybe damning piece of, of all of this. Why was that conversation recorded? Who recorded it? Why did they record it? And why did they distribute it to teammates? That, to me, yeah. you know, I've listened to people talk about it. I've looked at message boards and Twitter and stuff. Not enough people are focusing on that to me. They're talking about whether or not what Mike Leach said is offensive. And after hearing the recording, probably ill-advised to be saying that to apparently a teammate, coaches have said worse, much worse. All Mike yes. Leach has said much worse in interviews. After games, yes. he said worse than that. That is Mike Leach. That's what you get with Mike Leach. Frankly, he's interesting. He's funny. He's also kind of a jerk. It's just it's it's how he is. He he's always been kind of callous is the word I would use. Mike Leach is callous. So that's not surprising. But why was somebody recording it? Who was that person recording it? And why did they distribute it? That to me is now the most interesting part of this cuz he didn't say that to the player. He didn't say that in a team right. meeting. He said that to a player apparently in what I assume he thought was a private conversation. So why did it get out? Why was it recorded? That is the most interesting part of this, and it makes me wonder. That gives me more questions than anything else. Why was this recorded and distributed? Hey, Ned, you you said a second ago, hey, Dad, there's plenty of blame to go around. You you said Mike Leach gets blame. The person that recorded this conversation gets blame. And, And you said Dylan Johnson gets blame. Tell me about the blame for Dylan Johnson. Because I'm having a little bit of trouble with that one. Sure. I I think that, by and large, when you're a man... Now, I'm I'm delving into philosophy here. We're getting away from sports and into my own personal beliefs. You know, when you're a man, you're going to come across people who talk crap about you. The way to handle it, in my opinion... Is face to face. If I found out, if I found out that you were talking crap about me behind my back, Richard, I'm not going to come on this show and just drop that in and try to try, try to you know catch you off guard. I'm going to drive to Oxford, and we're going to have a conversation. And I'm and I'm not saying that like I'm going to go over there and whip his. You know, I'm just saying man to man, we're going to talk. I don't believe that handling the way he did, he should have, as soon as he found out about this, he should have gone to Mike Leach and said, I want to know what's going on. Why are you saying these things about me? I bled on this football field for you for three years, and this is how you, you talk about me. That's not acceptable. And you're either going to apologize or we're going to have a, a real issue. So I, I just don't think that handling, I don't believe in handling things through social media. You should handle things as a man face-to-face. We'll pick this conversation up when we come back in just a couple of minutes on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. We'll get to some of your messages on the ceasefire text line in just a moment, 601-879-4395. We're talking about Dylan Johnson, the now former Mississippi State running back who is entering the transfer portal. He tweeted that out yesterday, and as part of his graphic announcement, when he got to the with be, well, with that being said part, which, by the way, is a staple of every single graphic by any player for any announcement, they say a bunch of stuff, and then they go, with that being said... So following with that being said, Dylan Johnson said, Since I am not very tough and Leach is glad I am leaving, I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. So the reference to not being tough and leaving, we were kind of just left to wonder for a bit until the audio of Mike Leach saying that was made public. Here's what Mike Leach said. It's a 15-second clip. And they're especially not going to um, be excited about a guy that leaves. So Dylan Johnson's leaving, and I'm actually sort of glad because I don't think he's very tough. And, and, um, so Dylan Johnson's leaving. Uh, so that's it. Dylan Johnson's leaving, and I'm actually kind of glad because I don't think he's very tough. Despite awarding him the Tough Man Award after a game earlier this season. A little, little hint of irony there. That was a Twitter graphic was that didn't then. have with that being said in it. Yeah, he was tough then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's ill-advised, right? That's not something that you should say to yes. to one of his teammates. It's ill-advised. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. It's not that bad, though. It's not that bad. It's it, it, And yeah, all three of us will probably tell you that a coach has said worse to us, to our face. Yeah. I know I can. Borky had no a story doubt. earlier on Twitter, on Twitter. Richard, without without knowing your, your situation, I'm going to assume that's the case. Sure. But at the same time, you know, one thing people always talk about, especially in this day and age of social media, is, is never say anything that you wouldn't say to somebody's face. You know, because you never know. Everybody's recording these days. Everybody's even got the phones out. Everybody's looking for, for, for content. <coughs> Excuse me. And now, that being said, Mike yes. Leach might very well say that to, to Dylan Johnson's face. He probably would say it to Dylan Johnson's face, but he and, got and caught he with has. his hand in the... He may have. He got caught with his hand in the cookie jar here. And unfortunately, now I, will, I do want to say one thing because I've been seeing this a lot on message boards. I want to make this very clear. Not illegal. A lot of people think that he, there's some sort of legal recourse for Mike Leach. In the state of Mississippi, you can record a conversation as long as one party knows about it. In that case, the, the party doing the recording does know about it and has given permission to record. So some people are saying, oh, Leach is going to sue. He's not going to sue. He's got no grounds there. But he obviously has, for lack of a better word, a mole, a snitch in his program. And you okay. got to get that guy out. Well, I, okay, I want to bring that up for a second. Mm-hmm. We don't, I mean, there's some deductive reasoning that is going on in lots of corners of the Internet as to who this was. 
But we don't know for sure who recorded this. Right. But do you y- you know who does know who recorded it? Mike, Mike Leach knows who recorded it. He knows who he was talking to when he said what he said. Unless it was in a group setting. And, and I mean, I, I got no way of knowing. But it feels like Mike Leach should have a really, really good idea of who it was that recorded this and then shared it to the point that it's now being played and, on statewide. Uh, and radio. I don't think Mississippi State's going to to like reveal like this is what happened. You're just going to see somebody enter the transfer portal, and you'll either know that it's them because it's somebody who you wouldn't expect to enter the transfer portal, or you're not going to ever know because it was just some backup that you're, oh, well, that guy's probably just leaving for playing time. But as, for, as far as who, who did it, who done it, Unless they come forward, we're probably never going to know for sure. And it'll, it'll go down amongst many other sports mysteries. Does it make you wonder? That being said, I, I would expect to, to know because I think somebody's going to enter the transfer portal that you don't expect. Does it make you worry? Uh, not wonder, but worry about like internal cultural issues? Because, you know, last night, it felt like everything was kind of a disaster. You know, you lose another receiver to the portal today, not necessarily an impact one like the first Thomas, but this Thomas uh, had an incredibly high ceiling and a good player yeah. in, in his early career. So that's three <clears throat> offensive guys that You'd are You'd rather gone. kept him than not. Absolutely. So it looks bad, it sounds bad, it's terrible, but it's not all bad because you had a bunch of guys defensively. I mean, what do you think Nathaniel Watson could have commanded in the portal had he wanted to go down that road? What do you think Ole Miss would pay for a linebacker of his caliber right now? He could have hit the portal and gone somewhere and gotten paid. Chose not to. I mean, what, half a dozen guys defensively that could have either gone to the NFL or gone the portal route and commanded a bunch of money chose not to. So this it is. this instant tells me that, wait, there's something up like culturally, internally. If you got a guy that's uh, like trying to bring the coach down with secret recordings, that is emblematic of a cultural issue. But at the same time, this is a team that kept a bunch of guys from hitting the portal that could have, chasing money that could have, that are sticking around. So what but gives here? What, what are you, where are those guys that are sticking around versus where are the guys that are leaving? It's offense versus defense. Yeah. State has lost uh, of the of the players that have left hit the portal. I don't know that any of them, off the top of my head, are defensive guys. Even the guys who just like they're hitting the portal for playing time reasons, or they just they're just you know ready to move on from Mississippi State. A long snapper, a backup offensive lineman. It's, it's offensive guys almost exclusively. Now you had Buki Watson decide to you know yank everyone's chain last night, which you know a lot of people did not appreciate. <laughs> I, 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 Especially given enjoy the, this... uh, the circumstances of the day. So, yeah, I, I remember the day Canizero got fired was also a Chelsea Champions League game day, and I was trying to tweet about the game, and people were just like, you are making me so upset because I think you're talking about something else. No, I wasn't. But that's the same thing, right? It's Buki's just messing with everybody. Everybody was on edge anyway. I had to fire off a tweet at like 10 o'clock to a source, be like, is he really in the portal? And they're like, no, he's not. And then five, ten minutes after that, he's, he's psych. He did, he, like he'd gotten everybody. It's weird, though. It's weird that the offensive guys are just hitting the portal and we seem to have all this, this disarray, and the defensive guys are all locked in, ready to go next year. Is Zach Ornette why? 
I, w- I mean, that's not somebody I'd want to run a foul of. But at the same time, I don't think Leach is somebody I'd want to run a well, foul of. I mean, I, he's an old school kind of coach. What I, I, I'm asking a question that was asked of me last night. I didn't know the answer. Is it, and not like from the disciplinarian perspective, but like uh, that's a guy I want to play for. If I'm a linebacker, I want to play for Zach Arnett. I'm happy here because he's my coach, mm-hmm. and I want to play for him as opposed to maybe on the flip side. You've got guys. I mean, we're talking about running backs, right? At least one is yeah. gone. Well, two, but one didn't play. One of the two didn't play at all. Jernigan's a four stringer, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was talk, at least at one point, of both of your running backs leaving asking to get more carries. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen consistently. Mike Leach is never going to run the football consistently at a high volume. We have 20 years of sample size to to prove that point. So do you... Th- I'm asking questions you may not know the answer to, but do you think that the, the simple answer is because the defensive guys like playing for their guy and the offensive guys, to some degree, may not? I can't answer that because I don't know. But it's a hell of a coincidence is how I guess I would look at it. Jason says it's a heck of a time to be without an AD, huh? And that's something that, you know... All of this probably would have been squashed with an athletic director in place today, don't you think? That he would, that the AD would have gotten with Leach, maybe tried to get with Dylan Johnson, tried to get them in the same room to talk something, release a statement. I don't know. I mean, does Leach's statement? It'd just be written by the university or something. You know, in a moment of anger, I lashed out at a former player. I shouldn't have done that. I've spoken with Dylan. And you know we've 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 made amends. I wish him nothing but the best. He's been a big part of our success. And then Dylan Johnson releases a similar statement in a moment of anger. I, I said I said some things I shouldn't have said. Uh, I, I love Mississippi State. Coach Leach has done a ton for my career. You, know, you make that statement and you heal everybody's wounds right, right at once. And an athletic director probably is like, look, we got to do something. But and I'm not not and I'm sure Bracky Brad is doing something. But you know you see what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I still go back to, and, and this is asking a question in a little bit different way that I, I did earlier. Does Dylan Johnson have anything to apologize for? He was leaving Mississippi State. That wasn't a surprise. On his way out the door, he gets word that his head coach for the last three years says he wasn't tough and he was glad that he was leaving. I'm I'm not entirely like I get your analogy of if you and I have a beef, we need to talk about it face to face. I don't need to come on this radio show or social media and air my beef about you or vice versa. But I'm not sure how much apology I think how much apologizing I think Dylan Johnson needs to be doing here. Right. I get what you're saying. We'll we'll, come back to it. We'll pick that up when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. There's a choir outside of my house singing Silent Night. Better not be outside Borky's house. (laughs) I was just thinking. The children are singing. Oh, we had carolers last year. It was awesome. They were actually good. I was impressed. When when he get carolers, Borky just run them off with a broomstick. And, and then they handed a flyer of a um, 
how do I describe this without being offensive? A um, careful, an, somebody might be recording it. An uncommon uh, place of worship. Uh, they handed me a flyer for for that after they were they were done. Um, uncommon, an uncommon place of uh, that, that's that's the best way I could put well, it. Like a Hooters, without being well, no, actually that in Jackson closed. Uh, may it rest in peace. But um, not, so not did the Outback Steakhouse, which was incredibly disappointing. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the ceasefire text line, uh, 601-879-4395. Many, many text uh, substantive that we should get to, but I think we should start with the tactical text, which is my response. Richard versus Haydad. I'd give the odds to Haydad, but Richard would win in upsetting fashion by submission in the fourth round. Looks like he could deal a mean arm bar. So, Haydad, here was my response. Yeah, yeah. I would fight dirty. Sand in the eyes, knee to the groin, throat punch, etc. As long as Haydad didn't lock me up, I think I would be okay. And I have a high pain threshold. Kind of feel like I could outlast him. Oh, you think sand is your ally? Well, you merely adopted the sand. I was born in it! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see soil until I was already a man. Oh, me. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever get to use the Bane speech. That was great. Many, uh, many, many text <laughs> messages that have uh, have come through, yeah. and so many angles that we haven't looked at yet. Um, uh, let's see here. Mike in Grand Bay says it's too easy to text in the moment without thinking common sense doesn't exist anymore in social media. Well, but it's it's still up, and a graphic was made and everything. Uh, yeah, that was thought out. If I were, for whatever it's worth, if I were in his camp, a parent, a friend, high school coach, whatever, I would have advised him not to do that. And I would have, if I didn't know that he was going to do that, I would have advised him to take it down immediately. And he's obviously got somebody giving advice, Borky, because he was supposed to do an Instagram Live at 1 o'clock, and that didn't happen. He got talked out of that. that, That's probably for the better. I mean, That is for the best. I, I almost have more respect for somebody that doesn't immediately pull the social media post down. It's like... I, I'm kind of standing by it, guys. Yeah. I mean, and, and I hear that. You, once, it's just, it's, once you post it, everybody's got the screenshot. Right. But I, I would have I would have advised him to take it down and, and issue some sort of apology. You know, I, I was I wish nothing but the best for Mississippi State. I'm out. When you are leaving somewhere, even if it's a toxic environment, take the high road. That that would be my dad's advice to me. That will be my advice to my son. If if that day comes, he's got my genes. It won't. But if he's a high-level football player, which he won't be, and he is in a toxic environment and a coach <clears throat> is mistreating him or whatever and, and, and said some things that he didn't like and he wants to leave, you will not make reference to that in your goodbye letter. You will thank the people you want to thank, your teammates, the fans, and you will just move on. Because you gain nothing. What did he gain today? Or yesterday? By saying that? 
Nothing no. was really. In, in fact, I would be willing to guess that coaches are going to have to ask him one more question. It's not going to stop him from finding a home. I think somebody on the text line said that, well, this is going to make nobody want to sign him. He's going to have to go D2. I at least got that in my comments no, last night. No. 0% chance. He's going to find a home and a good one, probably. He's a good player. It's a college kid doing something that I would advise against on social media. It's not the end of the world. But take the high road. If you're leaving a bad environment, just say goodbye and and move on and be happy. Look in the, the windshield, not in the rear view, would be my advice to him if I were close to him. Can he help us win? That's all coaches want to know. Yeah, That's all anybody wants to know. Can he help us win? A lot of worse people have gotten spots for much, much, much less than an angry tweet. Or much more, I should say. Yeah, and, and Borky, to your example about leaving a job, so I worked for this very company, for, for Telesouth Communications, immediately out of college, and was was here for several years, and then I left to pursue some other opportunities, try some other things, and I wrote Steve Davenport a letter when I left thanking him for the opportunity to work and being grateful for the time that I had had at TeleSouth and, you know, hope to see And I think in part because of the way I left and stayed in contact through the years, after I left, I, I was able to come back. Um, Borky's mad. He's like, why didn't you burn the bridge down when you left the first time? Yeah, but if, if that never happened, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be here, so yeah, well, it, it all worked out. Yeah, it, it all worked out in the long run. Big butterfly no, I mean, effect thing, you know. Yeah, um, but no, you're you're right. There's there's a right way to leave, whether you're talking about a job or yeah. or, or you're just moving on in, in life. Then there's a, a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Um, Mike in Oxford says that Dylan Johnson has absolutely zero to apologize for. Donald in Oxford says, from a perspective that's not knee-jerk, MSU's offense will be fine. There is a deep talent pool at wide receiver and more coming in. Most of the rest of them were non-factors. From a recruiting standpoint, it will hurt short-term, but three months from now, it will be almost forgotten. I agree with that. And when when we were talking about this this morning, you guys were kind of debating back and forth. I guess all three of us were debating back and forth. What what does this mean? What does it mean for Dylan Johnson? What does it mean for Mike Leach? And, and I just raised the question. I was like, what if it doesn't mean anything for anybody? Mississippi State's going to keep getting players. Dylan Johnson's going to land with the place. Everybody's going to forget about it and move on in a couple of days. Other SEC coaches will not let other people forget about that. It will be used against him in recruiting, but... Stuff like this was probably already being used against Mike Leach in recruiting. You don't think Adam James gets brought up in recruiting? I, I can I mean, tell. I mean, you know there, that it does. There are stuff that Lane Kiffin did recently that I, I promise you is being used against him in recruiting. Uh, exactly. There is one quarterback. I bet, I bet Hugh Freeze will have some things used against him in recruiting. Just call me crazy. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I'm not sure if Auburn's really prepared for that, but either way. Um, but yeah, it, it, the, you want to take arrows out of other people's quivers in recruiting, right? You, you want. You want the negative recruiting to to be ridiculous, stuff that you can easily disprove. But now, 
let's pretend for a second like uh, there's a wide receiver out there. Let's say he's transferring from Georgia State. Really good wide receiver in, in the Sun Belt, caught 1,600 yards worth of passes, whatever. And Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both recruiting him. Ole Miss will constantly remind him that, hey, behind your back, behind your back, that's what your coach thinks about you. And so you you, you never want that kind of stuff to be real. And that's sure. a real thing that happened. And Mississippi State would... Blaine Kiffin flirts with the job every year. Every year. You don't know if he's going to be your coach next year. And so it balances out, but still. Let, let me ask this question. Why was that conversation being recorded? That's the money. So, so, that's, so, the, that's the question. And, and, that's and the one else, thing that nobody knows the answer to. What, what else was in the conversation? Because clearly that's just a snippet right. of the conversation. We pulled the salacious detail out and have published it. But, you know, you think about it. Everybody, you, you, you said it a second. Everybody can record anything, right? You go to voice notes on your phone, you hit record, put it in your pocket, fine, it'll record, ought to pick it up. The microphones on it is good. But you can't discreetly do that if you're not already prepared to do it. I mean, in the middle of Mike Leach talking, did whoever was recording it grab their phone, you know, unlock it, open the app, scroll to voice notes, open it up, and hit record? Or did they walk into whoever the person was into this conversation expecting something bad and chose to record it? Is it a player who, if it's a player, knew he had a conversation with Coach Leach and knew it was a situation where he was going to try to be convinced to stay and not leave, and therefore he was recording the conversation so he could play it back for his parents? To help him make a decision based on how, I, I, I don't know. But you can't help but wonder, what else was there? What was said before this snippet? What was said after this snippet? What was the larger context? And again, why was the conversation being recorded in the first place? Is it somebody that was looking for a gotcha moment of Mike Leach? Which I suppose would be a little nefarious. Or was it far more innocent to begin with, and then this just kind of happened, and you're like, oh, wow, look what I've got. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back after this. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part 
by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays ongoing. Ice skating rink is open. You can check it out yourself. Just $12 for unlimited skating on a given day. Be sure to uh, follow on all of their social media platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and uh, Facebook. Facebook's the other one. Still exists, even though Mark Zuckerberg lost all that money. Um, at Visit Oxford MS. <laughs> lots to do, lots going on on the website. You can find the uh, the full calendar of events. First hour of the show, we've been talking about Dylan Johnson. That uh, is the news that has dominated the day here in the state of Mississippi, at least in the college football landscape. So let's go back to where we started. Hey, Dad, when, when you said there, there's blame to go around, right? That, that Dylan Johnson shoulders some for this firestorm? That Mike Leach shoulders some and that whoever recorded the video, audio, deserves some blame as well? So on the Mike Leach piece, what, what what are we doing there? Maybe it's, again, I'm going to have to sort of get into my own philosophies here, but when you're a coach, you take on a responsibility to the players. And if you want to discipline them, if you want to be hard on them, I believe, you know, it's football, man. Football, it's not for everybody. It's It's a tough sport. But the idea that one of my coaches, who I went out there and I I bled for, and I put my body on the line, and here I am. I I thought about this today, Richard. I was like, I haven't played competitive football in 30 years. Mm -hmm. And how different the game is and how different the players are now, 30 years later, versus think about what football was in 1963. I mean, you couldn't even get water. So I understand that the game evolves and you got to treat players differently. I, 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 do, I do all get that. But if I found out that like one of the coaches behind my back was like, hey, Dad's not very tough. I wish he wasn't on the team. It would have killed me, man. It would have absolutely killed me to find that out. So as a coach, why are you saying that about a player who, who gave you three years, played hurt, Worked his tail off, scored a lot of big touchdowns, made a lot of big runs for you. Why would you even say that? That's that's not that's not right, in my opinion. Whether you believe it or not, if you want to keep it amongst the coaches, that's fine. But he obviously didn't. So I mean, I, that's why I, I I just I don't understand what the point of that was. You know, Mike Leach has been coaching a long, long time. He knows better. He knows better than to do things like that. He just does. Yeah. I mean, that that conversation in a coach's meeting, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's off limits. Yes. I'm glad he's leaving. Not very tough anyway. In a coach's meeting. Mm -hmm. That conversation one-on-one. Hey, Dad, you tell me. I'm I'm your coach. Coach, I'm, I'm looking to go somewhere else. Well... Good luck to you. Kind of glad you're leaving. I don't think you're very tough anyway. Not how I would handle the meeting. That's harsh. Not yeah. But I'm saying it directly to you. Yeah. Not to anybody else. But saying it behind my back to my teammates. I mean, but but yeah, that's that's a betrayal. I I say it to another player. Yeah, that that's that's not leadership at all. 
That that's a problem. Does this sow any further discord among teammates that aren't leaving? <clears throat> or is that is that an overplayed idea? I, I don't know. I mean, I feels like a team meeting can get everything squared away. I don't. I don't think you're going to see mass defections and mass mass guys going into the portal as a result of this. There'll still be a couple more guys going the portal, but those are guys who are going anyway. Xavier Thomas is one of those guys. He was going to the portal before all this happened. Yeah, we had a bunch of people ask, could could it be a staff member that recorded this? Yeah, could have been. That would be weird because you're just you're certainly going to get fired if you get caught, which you have been. So, I mean, I unless know. you're trying to run an internal coup, yeah, it is. It is a sign of something, though. What that sign yeah. is, I don't know, but that that's not know, normal yeah. behavior in a football program. Yeah, I mean we we get a note here that says fire Mike Leach. No, come on, y'all. Sports Talk Mississippi, one hour in the books. We'll take a quick time out, back with more, 4 o'clock hour, right after this. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. You better watch out, you better not cry. Better not pout, I'm telling you why. Four o'clock hour, back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV, and of course on Supertalk Mississippi radio stations all across the state of Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Cooper Patagna joins us right now. He Writes and works at 24-7 Sports and uh, has been in and around the build-up to the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game. Cooper, appreciate uh, a few minutes of your time this uh, this afternoon. Uh, let's just kind of start big picture. What, what did you see? What did you observe? And, and maybe who kind of jumped off the page? Well, it's a loaded event, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me. But, um, you know, it's it's probably one of the most undercovered events in the country when it comes to the depth of talent that Mississippi and Alabama churn out every year. And to come here and see 30 to 40 Power 5 football players um, is, is always a, a really nice treat. But for me, man, uh, you know, there's a lot of these guys that within my region, and, and I cover Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, that I have not had the opportunity to get to see in person. But, you know, the one guy that, that really stuck, stood out to me uh, this week has been Sunset Ryan Perkins, who was committed uh, to Ole Miss and, and Lane Kiffin. And, and right now it seems like the Rebels and uh, are in a uh, head-to-head battle with Nick Saban and company in Tuscaloosa. But, he had an excellent week, and he was everything that you know we thought he would be. He's over six three, over two hundred and ten pounds, and a guy that's a super versatile and dynamic athlete. He had a really strong season, but he showed it here this week in in Mobile. So, Cooper, you've watched these recruiting battles unfold, and generally speaking, when Nick Saban really wants somebody, he ends up with somebody. What are you hearing uh, about this? Because Perkins has been a, a fairly long-time commitment to, to Ole Miss. 
And it does feel like Ole Miss is in a position to maybe compete uh, on a level playing with field with Alabama in a way that they haven't been able to in the past. Sure, and I, and I think uh, the great equalizer here is NIL. I can't speak to this specific situation or recruitment, but I think Ole Miss has done a really good job. And you know, I, I used to work with Chris Partridge uh, over at Michigan, and I know he's a tenacious recruiter that's been on this one uh, for quite some time. So I like the position Ole Miss is on right now, in right now. But I think Alabama, you would be naive uh, to discount Nick Saban, and, and obviously the way that they typically close with less than two weeks to National Signing Day. But right now, if I'm Ole Miss or even if I am Alabama, you're throwing everything you got at Sunter Ryan Perkins. I, I truly believe he's a difference maker. we got our rankings coming out next week, and I think that's going to reflect he's one of the best players in the country. Cooper, you, you've worked at Oregon, uh, obviously a very different part of the country from where we are. On the Mississippi Gulf Coast, you've got Dante Dowdle, who is uh, is committed to Oregon uh, certainly there is uh, local interest. I don't know if it, local pressure is the wi- right way to try and flip him and, and keep him in the state of Mississippi. So maybe two parts. But because of, of your previous position, what, what is the draw for a kid from South Mississippi to go to Eugene, Oregon, and what do you make of that recruitment? Uh, that's a good question. I think the draw is Eugene is, is certainly different, and it depends on what part of Mississippi they're from, but there's actually probably some similarities there in terms of Eugene really kind of being a rural part of Oregon. But the facilities uh, that I'm sure you've heard a lot about are beautiful, obviously Nike-backed uh, by Phil Knight and company. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but we're talking about a program that has over – 17,000 uniform combinations, and it has a wow factor when you step on campus for the first time. But that being said, the distance from home, especially when you're talking about Mississippi to Eugene, and I think we've seen this in the past because under Mario Cristobal, we recruited a lot of guys from the state of Florida. How many of these guys actually end up finishing their career at the University of Oregon? That's a big question. We've seen a lot of these guys by the end of their careers, make a move to kind of trend back closer to home geographically. So I think that has to be weighed. Uh, and, and right now for a guy like Dante Dowdle, I mean, the other thing is finding running backs or even athletes with the size and athleticism combination that a guy like Dante Dowdle possesses, it's really difficult to find those guys out west. You know, there's one running back right now that really is similar to that. That's Roderick Robinson. He's committed to Georgia. Uh, from the San Diego area. So outside of that, it's really kind of slim picking. But I think those would be some of the draws. The other thing out there is you got a staff that's really familiar with this part of the country as well. You know, talking about Dan Lanning, who obviously spent a lot of time at Georgia. Tosh Lupoy, who spent some time uh, at Alabama. This is a staff from the southeast part of the country that I think does a really good job relating and understands the strengths and some of the negatives of being in the SEC and understands how to recruit against that. How about a guy that I don't think is actually playing in this game, but a lot of people are talking about, and that's Isaac Smith. Yeah, Isaac Smith, you know, was a guy that I was excited to see this week. Unfortunately, uh, he had an injury that he didn't suit up this week. I think he's been dealing with a concussion uh, from the end of the season. And when you hear that, I mean, He's a guy that I've definitely gotten, um, you know, a lot of people have been hitting me up about because he's one of the most respected players in the state of Alabama. Every time I've seen him, he's performed well. I think he's a true football player that plays with a SEC 
style uh, to him. But, you know, a downhill safety, a guy that's a three-phase player, gets it done offense, defense, and special teams. Um, I think a guy that's probably going to move a little bit closer through the line of scrimmage um, as his college career advances. But love the way he plays. You know, I've talked a lot about competitive temperament, play temperament, you know, the football IQ, football football instincts really stick out when you turn on the tape of Isaac Smith. Cooper, what, what's happening in these war rooms on campuses right now? Because the, the way evaluations are happening and recruiting is happening is so different than it was just a couple of years ago with – Fewer high school guys being taken, more transfer portal guys being taken, because you've actually seen what they can do in a lot of situations on the field. How has it changed, and, and what is it like if, if you were inside a, a recruiting war room in Oxford or Starkville or Auburn or Tuscaloosa? Well, I'm glad I'm not in a war room, man. That's kind of why I got out. You know, I mean, I, I think this time of the year is, is crazy, and, you know, it, it puts a lot of gray in your hair. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of staffs around the country and met with a Power 5 coach here in the last couple of days. And, you know, I, I think for a lot of these guys, they would have a, they would have an issue saying this publicly. But I think they're just trying to be as, as adaptable as possible given the circumstances of how much change college football has undergone here recently. I mean, we're talking about the first time we've seen the portal open up on December 5th that we've seen these windows. And you have over a 1,000 names. Uh, in the span of 24 hours into the portal. So depending on where you are and how many resources that you have dedicated to handle this type of traffic and react to that, I think a lot of programs are struggling with this. The other thing is you have to know your roster inside and out. A lot of these programs, as, as, as common sense as it sounds, they are reacting to the needs that they have. So there's a lot of things that have to be in place from a logistical standpoint you got to remember, this is the winter contact period right now as well. So all these coaches are out on the road. Some of these guys are having to stay back as they react to some of the names that are entering the transfer portal so they can then hop on a flight and go make their pitch to some of the hottest transfer uh, portal names on the market. So there are so many things happening right now in terms of the, the, the way the game is being played. And, listen, I think if you're battling – for a, a, a top-end recruit, let's just say a top 250 player right now, and they're uncommitted, or we look at Sunterrein Perkins, right, who's between Ole Miss and Alabama, it, it, even in the portal, to me, very simply put, this has become a bottom-line money game, and that's what we're starting to see. Um, so if, if you're not involved in the NIL era, then you are at major risk if of getting left behind if you, you haven't done so already. So um, a lot of things are changing. A lot of coaches right now are drinking through a fire hose, uh, and it's kind of been chaos. I want to ask you about two guys. We've got about two minutes left. Uh, Aiden Williams, who uh, 24-7 uh, has ranked as the number two player in the state of Mississippi wide receiver just behind Sunterine Perkins, uh, and then also a Mississippi State safety commit in, uh, in Kelly Jones out of, out of Clarksdale. Yeah, I, I love Aiden Williams. He's the guy that we've, we've gone to bat for a couple times. He's in my area um, and a guy that this is the third time that I've seen him live. And every time I've seen him live, he's just an alpha uh, type of competitor, the, the way he plays the game. He doesn't blow you away uh, with, with, with uh, short area explosiveness or top-end speed, but a guy that is incredibly sudden and knows how to create separation off the line of scrimmage. And once he gets that half-step, uh, on you, he knows how to utilize that big six foot three frame 
and he's got incredibly strong hands. So I love him. I, I love that marriage between Lane Kiffin and Aiden Williams. I think they're going to make uh, beautiful music together. Uh, and then the other guy, Kelly Jones, man, he had a really good week. Uh, worked out extensively at corner, six foot four, one eighty. He will need to put on some weight at the next level. But trying to find guys that look the way he does and that can move the way he can are extremely hard to find. Um, and it's just kind of ironic when you go to these games, you see more of them than you've probably seen throughout the year. So I think that's a really good, really good get for Mike Leach and company. Cooper, great insight. I hope we can talk again soon. I uh, appreciate you spending a few minutes with us this afternoon. Absolutely, man. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. Cooper Patagna from 24-7 Sports. We'll be right back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Good conversation with uh, Cooper Patagna, who is a recruiting analyst at 24-7 Sports. He worked at Oregon as their director of recruiting for Mario Cristobal. Before that, he was at Michigan. He also spent some time at the University of Washington. Uh, man, that was that was refreshing. He told he you. stuff. Well, one, he knows his stuff. But two, he was real. What did he tell you? It's going to come down to money. Yeah. Can you afford him or not? Yeah. Yeah. And fans don't like hearing it. We've heard from enough of you that, that have said that the, the money aspect it bothers you. And I understand that. It interests me. Different strokes for different folks. I actually think this is really interesting because this is an otherwise dead period in college football. But I'm a content guy. So, it you know, different strokes and all that. But too many people, like, in our business dance around stuff like that. You know, they'll talk about, well, the NIL collective is strong, and then like that's all they say. And, I mean, you, you've heard it from Auburn, right? Uh, it was asked to Hugh Freeze in the press conference, what does it mean for your recruiting efforts knowing that you have the best facility in college football in a stadium atmosphere that's second to none? First of all, your credentials should be taken away because that was a joke. But second of all, stop that. The best facility in college football is not getting a single recruit anymore. You just have to be good enough. You have to have adequate, and then you got to pay them. That's what matters. It's not the facility being the best in college football. It's, is your facility good enough to not stand out for being bad compared to your counterparts, and can you pay them enough? I do wonder. With some of these NIL, like what happens when one of these collectives gets, comes up on a, on a five star can't miss guy and he's like, I want 2.5 million. I mean, they don't have that in cash just laying around, right? This is a lot of pledged money and, and, and things of that nature. No, nobody's just sitting on top of a, a, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollars in cash just letting it appreciate. Well, I mean, so like, I actually, what happens when you get there? I, I think that's the difference in some of these groups, right? I mean, for for some of know. them, it I, is cash on hand going into this cycle. But that, that was 
That was why people were weird about the Auburn thing, right? I mean, they were talking about $13 million in Auburn's collective, and then was like, well, hold on, is that $13 million pledged or $13 million yeah. cash on hand? And then you had... Come uh, to find out it's a lot less than 13 based on the reporting yeah, I don't of a friend think of the program, Nubias Wilborn. Uh, it is far, I don't think anybody's less sitting on. That. Yeah, I don't think anybody's sitting on eight digits of just cash just laying around. Nobody's doing that. But you've got some you got some big gifts pledged. And my guess is if a push came to shove and you're like, hey, we need it, you gotta you gotta send that money in. They got it. But it will be interesting. There's gonna come a time where, you know, I mean, what if Arch Manning was greedy and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't willing to go to anywhere less than the highest bidder. Don't tell me that kid couldn't couldn't command seven figures, mid seven figures if he wanted it. Well, yes, you're right about that. Arch Manning is probably an outlier in all of this, right? Because Arch Manning, right? His so NIL, just, well, no, his yeah. NIL was going to travel, right? So, so largely right. the money that he was going to get was going wherever he was going, and then Texas mm-hmm. will sweeten the deal on top of it, right? But that's a good point. Okay, so same with Bronny James when his time comes. Yeah, I mean, he's probably wearing a. Doing a deal but if, with if his name was Arch Smith, and everything else was the same about him, then you've got you know somebody that a collective's yeah. going to have to come so, up with big so, money for. So let's use a, a more local example, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if it's Sunterine or Sunterine. Cooper was saying Sunterine. I'll, I'll go with it. I've said Sunterine all year. Whatever. Perkins out of Raleigh, <laughs> right? Let's use him as the example. Number one player in the state of Mississippi, linebacker. Mm-hmm. Mega position of need for Ole Miss. 6'3", 200, has proven on the field, every time he has stepped on the field, that he is a legitimate prospect. I think what Cooper said, without saying it, was he's about to get a fifth star also. I think if you were reading between the Sounds lines... Sounds like when he's, he, he's having that kind of week, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's coming too. Whatever. Perkins falls into the category of people would be shocked if he turns out to be a miss. I don't think there's any such thing as can't miss. But but for this class, he is as close to that as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. part of a group of 20 or 30 players that would fall into that category. So, right. if you are Ole Miss... five stars a year. If you are Ole Miss... And he's been committed to you. You know you're going head-to-head with Alabama. You know that if they really, really want it, Alabama probably has access to whatever they need to get a kid like this. How far in are you going? Uh, That question is is why I'm so interested in this. Is it kind of like what Borky or Keith Carter was telling? Sorry, I don't mean to confuse you two. You're very different people. I'll, I'll trade but salaries. Our, with what him. Richard was telling us about Keith Carter is that there's a there's a moment where Ole Miss with Kiffin would have said, "We can't." Like there's a number where Ole Miss would have said, "That's too much. We have to find another coach." Is it the same way here? What's the number for Ole Miss where they say, "We'll find another linebacker. We just can't." That's what fascinates me so much because as you're seeing with Texas A&M, um, 
mass exodus from Texas A&M. And it's not like just a bunch of backups that you never heard guys of. In the portal. And these are yeah. five-star from last year's class, four-star from last year's class, five-star from two years ago, five-star from this year. Mass exodus. They paid a bunch of kids that haven't proven a four-letter word thing. Haven't proven anything. And they got paid a bunch of money. If I'm on the team, if I'm a starting defensive end, and I'm getting a little bit of cash, and they give five-star from Allen 250000 do you realize how mad I am about that? I, I've worked hard in this program. I've been in it for years. I earned a starting spot. This kid's done nothing but play against 16-year-olds, and you're giving him what? So there's a balancing act, too, with this, because you don't want to give a bunch of money to unproven players on top of it being financially kind of irresponsible, you've got guys on your own team that you want to take care of. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if Ole Miss, take, take Ole Miss for example, because Quinshawn Judkins just got a hefty NIL deal, and, and he earned it. People don't like hearing that. I think he's earned every dime. He, he will. The return on that investment will be much higher than the investment. Could you imagine, though, if Ole Miss decided to give that money instead to a five-star running back? And just threw him, you know, 10, 20K. Here you go, Quinjon. Thanks for your services. We're going to go get this five star for 10 times more than what we're paying you. Guess what? See ya. Well, but, but let's go back specifically to Perkins. Like, I, I, I honestly don't know what the market is. Is it, is it seven figures? Is a kid that is a five-star linebacker that is thought to be can't miss from the state of Mississippi worth a million dollars in an NIL deal? Hmm. Feels like a linebacker. The answer is no. That's ten percent of your reported current a quarterback availability. A five-star can't miss kind of receiver, maybe. But 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 again, a linebacker. Oh, okay, I understand it's a need. But. No, I, I'll go with you on that. Okay, I will completely go with you on board on that, and say it feels like that's too much. But mm. you're not operating in a vacuum. You don't just go right. to try and negotiate a deal with him. <clears throat> you're having to bid against reportedly Alabama. So mm. what is Alabama willing to play? A freshman, and that's an the, incoming freshman five-star linebacker. And that's the, the, the interesting thing to me, and it's the same with State with Isaac Smith, right? Isaac Smith is a player who will make or break State's class. They've got to get him. That's the only top player in the state they have a chance to get. It's in a position of need. He'll probably start as a freshman, right? They're up against LSU for him, who already has three four-star safeties committed. He's just another player for LSU. Now, he's a good player, and they'd like to have him. So even though LSU can outbid them, and the same thing goes for Perkins, right? If, if Perkins says today, you know what, I'm locked up, I'm going to Ole Miss, no deal. Alabama just goes and finds another four- or five-star linebacker. It's not a big deal to them. Ole Miss can't go out and find another player like Sunturin Perkins in all likelihood. So yeah. it's like he should be worth more to Alabama, but is he really? Because they can just go out and get the next guy. Ole Miss and State can't go out and get the next guy nine times out of ten. I wonder how much Ole Miss is using Dante Moncrief in the recruitment of Perkins. Got to be. I mean, Raleigh. Because he's been on the radar for years. A couple of years. Yeah. Good player. 
And then is a school like Ole I mean, we're talking about Itawamba for Isaac Smith. Fulton, 65 minutes from Oxford. Does Ole Miss get in late on a kid like Isaac Smith? We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you might even say it glows. And all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. But then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa he came to say, Rudolph with your nose. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Staying during the break. So, so we were having a legitimate conversation about how much money a number one recruit might command in NIL. And we're not talking about a quarterback. right? We're talking about a linebacker. And you might say that it's unfair to talk this openly about it, but it's not because it's what... It, 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 this is there's got to be a willingness to talk about this now. In the past, you whispered in, about it, and you, you used innuendo, right. even though it was happening. Hey, here's where I was going with this, though. So, so I threw out the question to you guys. Is Perkins a guy that can command seven figures? Is it half a million dollars? Think about that for a second. Think about how much the game has changed. So even when the shady stuff was going on under the table in the past... We're not talking about $60,000 in cash on National Signing Day in a duffel bag. <clears throat> We're not talking about $190,000 for a quarterback that will win you a national championship. Wasn't that the number? Was it 190? What for Cam? Yeah. Or was it two something? Yeah, it was 180, I think. Like, 180. It was one State got State got the discount at 180. Should have paid. Yeah, they should have paid. But we're not talking about Jeremy Pruitt delivering cash in McDonald's sacks. We're, we're Ended talking... Up being Chick-fil-A, by the way. Oh, well. Proven. So, Dan Patrick, when all the big J's over at The Athletic talked about how it recruiting doesn't work like that, um, turns out, number one, yes, it does. And number two, you all owe Dan Patrick an apology. He nailed it. Anyway, continue. But this is high-level contractual stuff now. It's very much above the table. We just don't know the exact numbers. And there are schools out there that even in this environment were still trying to kind of play by the old rules and have had to play catch-up a little bit. Yeah. It's a great question. I would love to know the thinking because – I, I do agree with the sentiment, too. I think Ole Miss is more, quote-unquote, desperate to sign a guy like him than Alabama. I think their drop-dead number might be higher, in fact, than, than Alabama's because an in-state kid like this just doesn't come around very often. You've got to sign in-state kids like that. Look, look at what N'Kobe yeah. Dean did to Georgia. 
or at Georgia, I, I should say, did to everybody else while he was at Georgia. You, you got to keep kids like that at all costs, but man, it does feel like you can really go quickly into irresponsible very soon. And and you raised a bunch of money. I mean, a shocking amount of money, in part because of Auburn. Is there going to be an Auburn next year? If there's not, are you going to be as motivated to give a bunch of money to the collective when there's not a threat of, if your coach leaves, here's why? I don't know. It, the the long-term ramifications of, of making a deal like that for one player is so interesting. Um I don't know what you do, but I know you've got to try whatever you can to to keep him. You have to. There's another. There's a perception issue too amongst your donors because if let's say Perkins flips to Alabama, right? If I'm mm-hmm. an Ole Miss donor, I'm asking the question: What am I donating for? I'm giving you all this money, and we could even keep this kid who's been committed to us for over a year, who's from one of the biggest Ole Miss cities in the in the state of Mississippi, and we couldn't keep him. Why am I giving you money? Those those are hard questions that people like Walker Jones and Charlie Winfield are going to have to answer if guy they don't get certain guys. And it's the same thing if guys leave. Like you know, why am I giving you money and we can't keep our players? In some cases, it's a uh, that well, they're, yeah. they're getting pushed yeah. out, no doubt. And 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 it, well, I mean, and, and in State's case with Ra Ra Thomas, Charlie Winfield can go to his people in good faith and say, "Look, we made a good faith offer to Ra Ra Thomas. He wanted an outrageous amount of money. We couldn't do that." But isn't the problem people, somebody's going to pay it? <laughs> but who's going to pay it? I mean, if you're a Mississippi State fan and, just, and Georgia pays it, you're like, "Okay, it's freaking Georgia. Okay, I can live with that." If he goes to Ole Miss, people people might say, "Well, what, what, why do they have it and we don't?" Yeah. I think the next layer. I am getting a kick. I am. I am getting a kick right now. There's some Ole Miss fans on the text line. I've seen them on Twitter saying Dylan Johnson's going to Ole Miss. Dylan Johnson, the guy who wanted more carries, is going to go play behind Quinshawn Judkins. Y'all use your brains for a minute. Well, Ole Miss did show two backs and. What two good backs in the they same did, offense? But this looks guy like. wants to be a feature back. He doesn't want to continue to be splitting carries with anybody. He wants to be the guy. Is the next layer to this? At least I think so. So these are still college kids, quote unquote. After all, um, I'll use my fanhood as an example. Zion Williamson entered the NBA at 19 years old. Signed a multi-million dollar contract. His rookie deal was massive, $10 million plus a year, had a $75 million deal with Jordan right after his six months in college. He was heavily scrutinized every single step of the way. When he was overweight, first take yelled at each other about how fat he was. He was college-aged. He, he was younger than a lot of college football players out there, a lot of them, while this was going on. If they're getting paid, I think that should come with more scrutiny. This idea that, oh, they're just kids. No, they're not. They're, they're legal adults that are now getting paid. They're professionals now. It's always kind of been a joke because, again, you've got NBA players that are 19, 20, 21 years old in the NBA. Third-year players in the NBA are 21 years old. Major League ba- I mean, baseball players get drafted when they're 18. Christian Pulisic was playing for a gigantic soccer team at 16 years old. So now that they're getting paid... 
I think that more scrutiny should follow. More expectations should be raised. You are if you're getting paid to perform a service, you are now a professional. This isn't amateur athletics anymore. It's professional athletics, and that comes with higher levels of scrutiny, I think. It should. Yeah, but the, the y- yes, it should. But <clears throat> who's that going to come from? Are are the people that have covered Auburn the way that they have covered Auburn for all of these years all of a sudden going to turn into the Philadelphia media? Probably not. The New York media? If Sunterine Perkins signs with Ole Miss for however much money it is, it will be a lot. The expectation should be sky high. And if he comes short of that, it should be heavily criticized. By, by me. I mean, looking dead in the mirror. Yeah. Nathaniel Watson, better, I, mean, I don't know how much Mississippi State's paying him. But if he takes a step back next year, people should be upset about that. If you're getting paid, if you're sticking around and we're paying you, you better work hard and you better be good. You know what's going to happen to Aaron Judge if in the first eight games next season he goes two for 32 with 12 strikeouts? (laughs) They're going to boo the heck out of him. His own fans. His own fans in New York will. 100%. It happened to Giancarlo Stanton a couple of years ago in his first game at Yankee Stadium. Now, well, that's professional sports. Well, we're kind of of in a hybrid version of professional sports right now in college football. Buddy, Stetson Bennett's older than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Goodness. (laughs) When you say it like that, Vorky... We get this. If Kiffin is worth so much, why does Ole Miss have to pay so much for players? Isn't he the portal king? Yeah, and in some ways kind of did it with smoke and mirrors last year. What? I don't even know what you're asking, though. That, that, that <clears throat> Kiffin is so good that he shouldn't, that players should just want to play for him without getting paid. Let me introduce you to the University of Alabama. I was, I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. I was sitting in a car with a recruit when I was in college. And the recruit said, I love it here, but they're giving me 60. It was long before NIL. So he went to Alabama. Played well, started, now in the NFL. Yeah, I heard that with my own two freaking ears. Okay? So even the great Nick Saban has gotten by on paying kids. That is a ridiculous question. Yeah. Dale from the Delta says, I definitely look at college and watch it the same way I do my favorite NFL team now. There is no family anymore. I yell at the TV to cut him when a guy is screwing up, just like when I watch my Chiefs. I used to not be like that. It's different. We will wrap up the 4 o'clock hour when we come back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. On this Christmas Day. Okay! Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't hurt yourself!
Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see. What does this song make you think of first? Rocking around the Christmas tree let the Christmas Home Alone for me. Uh, no? Yeah, I guess. So I made a good point the other day. I think it was Chase in Columbus. He said, if we're allowed to call Home Alone a Christmas movie, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Because Home Alone is just Die Hard for children. There's something to that, right? Yeah, because the argument Die- against Die Hard being a Christmas movie is that it is a... It's just a violent movie that's set at Christmas time. That's what people say. I think the other problem with this is there's no snow. It's set in Los Angeles. If that movie was set in New York City and you had Rockefeller Center around it and, and snow, people would be more willing to say it's a Christmas movie. Hmm. I think they're just but his more point is el- solid. Yeah, yeah, so so the plot of Home Alone is clearly about Kevin fighting the bad guys. But there's a lot of Christmas in that movie. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got Christmas trees and you got presents, and to your point, you got snow, and there's a big family trip that everybody's going on for Christmas. And Kevin's got the but relationship. That's what, that's what with McClane the old was man doing. He was door. on a trip to Los Angeles to see his family for Christmas. Yeah, but, and, and look, I'm not against Die Hard as a Christmas movie. I know. But John McClane doesn't go sit in church and sing in the choir or watch singing in the choir either. Well, he was kind of busy. Kevin found time. He was a little busy, too. Yeah. Well, you know, the the, the guys didn't just stay in his house. He, you know, he, he had to get him out of Nakatomi Plaza. So, turns out, Die Hard uh, didn't consult uh, sports people. I, I didn't catch this, but I'm, I'm reading about it right now. Oh, yeah. On Christmas Eve, Notre Dame and USC are playing against each other. On Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that, that is a plot hole. There is no, there's no getting around that. Mm. Somebody said "Lethal Weapon" is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. When you meet Riggs, where do you meet him? Where's the first place scene that Martin Riggs is in? Do you know? Oh, it's been so long since I watched "Lethal Weapon." He's in a Christmas tree lot. Now he's mm. trying to buy cocaine. <laughs> undercover, but he's at the Christmas tree lot. Ben and McComb says that me saying, well, Kevin found time to go to church is the best line of the show today, hands down. That's a good one. He found time to go to church. He's in there blaming John McClain for not being able to get out of Nakatomi to go to church. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even know where he is. He's just a visitor. Yippee-ki-yay. He's just trying to make fists with his toes. The internet's an amazing a, place. Uh, so I, I'm just trying is, to to look up, you know, arguments for and against Die Hard and, and Home Alone and stuff. There's a conspiracy theory about the dad in Home Alone and what he does for a living because how can you afford all that? Guy. He's in the mafia, yes. right? Uh, apparently, Home Alone too. Uh, people on the internet have uh, taken clues to say that that was Kevin becoming a serial killer. 
that the the trauma from Home Alone one caused Kevin to start becoming a serial killer, and he showed signs in Home Alone two like dropping bricks off of tall structures and hitting people in the head, you know, stuff like that. That there's a deeper theme to Home Alone two. I, I like that. I like that. To be honest with you. Somebody said, what company has their Christmas party on Christmas Eve? I don't know the answer to that. You know, I never worked in the high finance business either, though. Um, there is West Coast time, end, too, so I mean, they might have been done by like 7. In the end, Riggs eats Christmas dinner with Danny Glover and his family. That's right. <sighs> All right, so Hunter, I-, I wanted to go back to this message. Maybe we need to save it for the 5 o'clock <clears throat> hour. But he was talking about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. He says, funny thing about paying Kiffin $9 million a year, like a big-time pro- big program that wins a lot more and lands a lot more recruits, he kind of has to start winning and landing whole classes of big-time recruits every year, like other coaches making as much as him, and he has to do it at a school that can't afford to upgrade his stadium, its stadium. That's a little disingenuous, Hunter. Ole Miss chose to redirect that money themselves. And it wasn't just NIL-related. It also had to do with rising interest rates and outrageous material costs. Alabama stopped building their new basketball arena. Just stopped. They're they're in the process of building it and just stopped because of interest rates. I mean, on a $100 million project, the difference in 3.5% and 6.5% is a lot of money. A lot of money. And and, and so I, I said to Hunter, not so much that they can't afford it, is they chose to kind of reallocate where they were, uh, what they were asking for, at the direction of Lane Kiffin. And he said, same difference. I, I don't think it is the same difference. I think they made a strategic decision that we only have so much in terms of resources. Where's this going to be best used? We're asking people to give in a lot of different places. Five o'clock hour, college football fixes next. Hey guys, what the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. I woke up this morning, last night was a blur. Three more parties to go, and I must concur. But it looks like we're gonna party hard this Christmas Put on my coat, head out into the cold Straight for the eggnog and rum and that festive cheese ball And it looks like we're gonna party hard this Christmas Five o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us, of course, on Supertalk Mississippi, all across the state of Mississippi. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book. It's, uh, it's inside the Golden Moon Casino at Pearl River Resort. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. If you want to be part of the conversation, We'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Uh, 
4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in Seaspire <clears throat> country. Well, we got a ton to get to. We did this uh, yesterday. I think today it's a good plan as well for the college football fix to go a little rapid fire. Let's do it right now. College football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. And get behind the wheel of an F-150. 45 straight years. That's how long F-Series has been the best-selling truck in America. So let's start with a quarterback story. Florida quarterback Jack Miller, remember that name? transferred from Ohio State last December, will make his first collegiate start when the Gators play number 17 Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl next week. Is it December 17th, nine days from now? That's correct. Billy Napier made the announcement earlier today, three days after Anthony Richardson left school early to start preparing for the NFL Combine. And a week after backup, Jalen Kitna was kicked off the team following his arrest on child pornography charges. Miller was going into the year expected to be the backup to Anthony Richardson. But he had a thumb injury in August that needed surgery. And now four months later, he's going to get a chance to show that he deserves to be in the mix to be QB1 next year. Billy Napier, about Jack Miller, said he's been participating in practice for a number of weeks. He's perfectly healthy. While he was rehabbing, we were very intentional about keeping those guys engaged. He's traveled with us. He's gone through the process of prepping each week, watching the cut-ups, all those things at the end of the week from a test and tips standpoint. So he's been through the prep for a game. Obviously, the volume of work will be a little bit different for him. That'll be the biggest challenge. And Jack Miller, by the way, is going to be without a couple of offensive starters as four players have opted out of the bowl. Anthony Richardson, obviously. Osiris Torrance, who was first-team All-SEC. Wide receiver Justin Shorter. And then over on the defensive side, Ventrell Miller has opted out as well. So we'll see. We'll see what that looks like for Florida. Borky Drake May. I think he's the. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was like, gotta think he's the favorite for next year. You know, we we all sort of question why he went to Florida with Richardson there, but I mean, he played a little bit of the long game. I, I don't know how much eligibility he has left, but he should be the starter next year for sure. Yeah. Let's stick with the quarterback <laughs> conversation. We'll go to North Carolina. There was a little bit of buzz that Drake May might be looking elsewhere. Matt Brown told us that 15 schools, at least 15 schools, had tampered with his quarterback. I believe that. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more. Drake May, though, yesterday reaffirmed his commitment to the University of North Carolina. His tweet was, could never leave this place, I'm a Tar Heel, with the handshaking emoji. Which means he got paid, right? Oh, you would hope so. Uh, it, allow me to wax poetic here for a second. I know North Carolina's got Jordan, 
and, and I'm sure there's a lot of money associated there, but this is a win for college football. This is a win for the current era of portal and movement and all that. And again, North Carolina is not like just some lowly poverty program. It's North Carolina. But the fact that their quarterback, after losing their offensive coordinator that recruited him, could have played for any college football superpower, which is not the one he's currently at, and he chose to stay, is a win for college football. It's a win for all of this. Him hitting the portal and it's going... It's for certain a win for North Carolina. No doubt a win for North Carolina. Yes. A win for the SEC West. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because he's not going to Alabama. I mean, him hitting the portal and going to Alabama would have... I mean, I, I've spoken positively about, at least to some degree, about some of the changes happening in college football. It interests me. That would have been really, truly the first time where I thought, all right, enough. This really sucks. And it didn't happen. Good day for college football. Drake may stay in where he's been. Quarterback is on the move. Former highly recruited Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz. He is transferring to Kentucky. (laughs) They just can't help themselves, can they? Through for twenty one hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns, ten interceptions. What was his? It was his start on opening day last year, where the expectations yeah. like blew through the roof. Yeah, I forget who they played, but yes, who was that against? I don't remember. It's going to take me a couple seconds here. Barry and Brown's deal better be big, and they better be making those monthly payments, because if I were him, I could not imagine going from Will Levis to him. I couldn't imagine. must have been two years ago, Richard, because they lost to Penn State last year in the first game. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't remember. Yeah. Stanford... Is a job that is open. David Shaw announcing his resignation. Maybe forced resignation, probably not the way they do things at Stanford. Announcing his resignation after the season-ending loss to Cal, right? I think it was Cal. I think that was the last game. I don't think they played the big game last. They played somebody else. Okay, well, whoever it was they lost to at the end. They did a lot of losing this year. And David Shaw stepped down. And so they've got an opening, and one of the finalists is reportedly former Dallas Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett, who is currently an analyst for NBC on Sunday Night Football. We need to fix our college football program. We need to bring it into the modern day of NIL and and the transfer portal. Let's go hire a guy from the NFL who wasn't that successful there, who has literally never coached in college. That sounds like a plan. Where's hand raised guy, Richard? Where is he at Stanford? 56-year-old Jason Garrett was the Cowboys coach from 2010 to 2019. He went 85-67 and 67 in the regular season, 2-3 and three in the playoffs. Fired following the 2019 season when the Cowboys finished 8-8, eight and eight, was most recently the New York Giants offensive coordinator, before being fired during the 2021 season, and again currently an analyst at NBC. The other finalist reportedly is a guy named Troy Taylor, currently at Sacramento State. 
Year one in 2019, he went nine and four. In 2020, they didn't play. In 2021, they went nine and three. This year, they're 12 and 0 and playing. I think in the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. College coach roots in California. He has been an assistant at Colorado, at Cal, and coached high school football for a while. Was at Eastern Washington and Utah. He was the offensive coordinator at Utah and quarterbacks coach under Kyle Whittingham. And now he's undefeated at Sacramento State. And he might lose to a guy that has never coached in college before, has never coached on the West Coast before. And his last job, he was the offensive coordinator for the 31st best offense in the NFL. Make that make sense. Dak Prescott is uh, trying to stand up for Jason Garrett. He says, willing to talk to whoever I can to endorse him and just talk of how great a coach he is. Thinking of him in the college level, I think it's a very well fit. Just a guy that does things the right way, is consistent as ever, has great messaging, and I just think he'd be huge for a program like that that's so prestigious. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. Hope to see him in it. We need an inspirational poster of, I think it will well fit. (laughs) Give me some mountains in the background or a beach. And finally, as we blitz through the college football fix, now more than 20 Texas A&M players have entered the transfer portal. It's your money for nothing and your chicks for free. Who could have seen this coming? It's your college football fix driven by Ford. We'll be right back. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. South Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com, but not just online. Genteel's got retailers all over the state of Mississippi where uh, you can buy their products. You can not just you know see what they've got online, but you can feel them, touch them, try them on, whether it's golf shirts or pullovers, outerwear, pants. Pants are great. Super lightweight, got a little bit of stretch to them, look good, kind of stain-resistant. You can find them at Harry Meyer Clothing in Meridian, Landry's in Oxford, SF Allman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia, the Country Gentleman in Greenville, and uh, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, among many other stores across the state of Mississippi. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go to the ceasefire text line. Dan in Hattiesburg says, this may be a dumb question, but is there a buyout for players that enter the portal? 
if not, maybe there should be, uh, assuming they had NIL deals. That's not the worst idea, is it, though? It, I mean, it, it's not terrible. Especially in some of these situ- some of these situations where you kind of know where the guy's going. You know, that if Dylan Johnson goes to Oklahoma, Oklahoma should have to pay Mississippi State a fee. If they do it with coaches, why not with players? Cash considerations. Did Dylan Johnson have an NIL what, deal at Mississippi State? I think he did. Pretty sure he he did. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, Dan, the the contracts for these are built to protect the players, not the donors, not the right. collectives. They are generally speaking one-year contracts. I, I suppose there's some scenarios where maybe it's a multi-year deal. But if a player leaves a school, then the contract becomes null and void. So if Haydad has got an NIL deal with the Bulldog Initiative, and after his freshman year he chooses to leave, then that contract goes away and he tries to get a deal with whatever the new school is he's going to. You know, some of the big NIL numbers and deals you've heard thrown around, who's the quarterback that's committed to Tennessee? Uh, Nicholas Iamalieva from California. He was the one that was rumored to have an $8 million NIL deal committed... Rashad in Florida's is more rumored to be more rumored. So he committed to Tennessee. Well, when long back in June. Yeah, and credit to the athletic, they got the contract, and it was a multi-year deal. The eight million was over three or four years, right? Something like that. Right. Yeah. So for a player like that, yeah, it's a multi-year deal. But if Iamalieva leaves Tennessee. Like Quinn Ewers left Ohio State, then his deal is null, null and void. void. Yeah, because yeah. you can't put performance clause. You can't put performance clauses in there. You can't right. give perceived bonuses for for good play. You can't right. end them for for <clears throat> poor just, play. The only thing you can do, and I know that some schools have done this, is. You can set up their payments where they don't they don't get the last payment until after the bowl. So you try that. That's a way to keep a guy on the roster for a bowl game. Is to you're, if you're if you're not on the bowl roster, you don't get this last payment kind of thing. Hmm. That's how it should be done. If you're getting paid to play, I agree. I, I mean, a bunch of Saints players are going to play in Week 18. It's a meaningless game, but they're getting paid, so yeah. they line up and they play football. They would also get paid, though, if they didn't play in that last game. They're still going to play. You Wait, healthy scratch? You can't be a healthy scratch. No, but guys get scratched all the time. You still got to put <clears throat> you know, 47 guys on the field and they got to play. Yeah. Um, You're I, absolutely right. Bowl games are working on, are looking into the possibility of you know the NCAA used to cap their their gifts at five hundred dollars. Well, now there's no cap. Bowl games considering, you know, putting something in the pot to make sure that players show up and play. 
I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So because of NIL, there's no longer a cap on bowl gifts? Give them whatever you want. Oh, man, this would, I wonder if we'll get good reporting this year on the, the bowl gift packages. I hope so, yeah. Every, I mean, a fossil watch and a beanie and a backpack's not going to be really as sexy as it once was. Yeah. Now, if you get the pinstripe bowl, you go home with a zero-turn lawnmower. Heck yeah. Yeah. Now you are speaking my language, Borky. Be hard to load all those up Which on the plane to, to take them home, but maybe they get shipped to you. Which you're about to be the the sideline reporter for whoever is on that uh that bowl. Oh, Bad boy. You know how people put cameras in locker rooms when they reveal like new uniforms to teams and everybody freaks out. Yeah. I would love to see a video yeah. of the same thing, but revealing their bowl gifts, and they walk in, and there's a bunch of lawnmowers. <laughs> or, or somebody <laughs> drives that zero-turn lawnmower right into the middle of the locker room. <laughs> some, I, some of those guys would be happy about that. Well, yeah, and even the ones that, I mean, that don't even know how to crank it know that they now have an asset that they can sell. That brand new zero turn lawnmower? Man, those players would drive those to class. You know they would get somebody to take the blade off the bottom and they'd be parking them out in front of the math building. You don't have to take the blades off. Just don't engage the blades. <laughs> you spent much time on a zero turn mower, Borky? Uh, yeah, growing up. But not now. I have a, a tiny little lawnmower. It takes me like an hour and a half to cut the front yard, but still. Hey Dad, you ever you ever been on a zero turn mower? I have not. I cannot say that I have. W- would you like to? Yeah, sure. All right. Next time you're in Oxford, we will make that happen. Sounds good to me. Hundred percent, we'll make that happen. I will. Uh, I will pull it out in the driveway, and we'll we'll. I'll give you the the crash course and let you go to work. I'd love to know how many hours I've spent in the seat of a lawnmower. <clears throat> I bet it's over 2,500, Borky. That's a lot of hours. Very few things relax me more than cutting grass on on a driving lawnmower. Not pushing it. That stinks. But, I mean, just... <laughs> if you ever get into the uh, video game market, you know, they have a... They have lawnmower simulator now. You can just sit there in your in your in your recliner and mow the lawn and get the get that same peaceful, easy feeling. I, I saw that somewhere. So there's like a grass cutting game, and it was like a, a fence yeah. painting game, and there's a pressure, pressure washing. washing game. Yeah, yeah. Just sit out there and fake pressure wash, but you know it's a stress reliever. I guess, although it probably would be far more productive for me to spend that time actually pressure washing my driveway. Or sidewalk yeah. or whatever. Seems like that would be a better use of time. Yeah. We, we have not been a video game household, though. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how we have avoided that for uh, for the first 10 years of my son's life, but. I was I was are. going PS5 this Christmas, but when they since they moved NCAA back another year, I'm going to wait. Power Wash Simulator is $24. So, so people are paying twenty five bucks to pretend yeah, own to, it pr- to power wash play, play forever instead yeah. of getting a power washer actually doing it and people giving you money for that. 
Yeah, but you you can't get a a good power washer for twenty five dollars. No good pressure washer. But the ROI would be better than just being down twenty four bucks. Yeah, be down a few hundred bucks and then make that up in a month. Jeff in Grenada says, "I prefer my tractor with finishing mower with the hay spear on the front to stab trash. Never get off tractor." There you go, Jeff. You gotta have. You gotta have kind of more of a wide open space to go tractor finishing mower than uh, than a zero turn. We get this text about an automatic lawn mower that this guy's neighbor has. There's somebody in my neighborhood that has one, and he's got a little <laughs> remote control on it. He just stands in his driveway mm-hmm. and is just driving his lawn mower in his front yard, and it cuts terribly. Like his yard looks mm-hmm. like crap every time. Not the most in-shape guy, so maybe I guess that's part of it. But still, it's like, what a waste of money that was. Your yard looks terrible. Uh, David and Madison says, crash will be the operative word if you don't give a good course to Haydad. Better find a nice open spot before you turn him loose. There's actually a, a there's kind of like a cheat code for teaching somebody how to drive a, uh, a zero-turn lawnmower. You just yeah. pull the throttle way back down so it doesn't have full power. And, and you can kind of get the feel of it without it running out from under you. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Learn something. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Absolutely been on one today on the Ceasefire text line. Great stuff all afternoon long. Tyler in Brandon says, Hey, Dad, you just got Mark Twain. And Chris in Oxford says, Richard just tricked you into cutting his grass. Hey, Dad. Next thing you know, he's going to say, Hey, you ever run a steel weed eater? <laughs> Let me show you how this thing works. Uh, Give it a try. As long as there's an ice cold. As long as there's an ice cold Coca Cola waiting on me at the end of the day, I'll be all right. Do a little work. There you go. It says I hire a neighbor kid to mow my yard. There you go. I just had children and I have one of them do it. Yeah. Can't get Hey Dad to mow his own grass, but got him figured out how to do it, mow my grass. Well, I mean, you know. I don't own a zero-turn motor. I don't own a big piece of technology like that. So, I mean, they got my attention, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to show you how to drive the thing. I'm not going to turn the blades on. You're you're not touching my yard. Nobody is. Nobody is. Fine by me. Oh, man. Somebody said, uh, Chase says they put cup holders on a lawnmower. He said, and they're not for Cokes. That's right. Yeah. Uh. Hey, I feel like well, we need to go back, back to, you know. Yeah, I, I do feel like we need to go back to where we began the show today. Uh, obviously, a lot of the audience different from uh, from where we began. Biggest story today in the state of Mississippi is the activity of last night. Um, Borky, should, should I do it again? Should I play Hey Dad's clip from last night? <clears throat> go for it. Uh, I need you to tap dance just for a second while I get to it. 
Sorry, I, I hold on. Let me. I've never this done it before. From no, last just set up what we're listening to. Live. Say what? Here it is. This clip from last night's Thunder and Lightning Live. There you go. This was Hey Dad last night on Thunder and Lightning right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, did we get a tweet here? Hold on. We may have some good old-fashioned breaking news. Dylan Johnson. Yeah, that makes it official. He is... Uh, I'll read. I'll actually read it out here on the... Uh, this comes straight from Dylan Johnson's Twitter account. First and foremost, I'd like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at the college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and support they have shown me throughout the season. To Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, and amazing fans, it has been an honor to participate in this program with you all. Together, you guys have helped me build my character and skills tremendously. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Leach is glad I'm leaving, ooh, oh, I will be entering my name in the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. I'm going to screenshot this because I am of the opinion that will not be up very long. And yet almost 24 hours later, here we are. It is still up. My absolute favorite part of that clip is when Hey Dad goes, ooh, oh. I was, I, I was not prepared. They had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Had you uh, had you not been behind a microphone, I'm not sure ooh and oh would have been the first two words that came out of your mouth. What the? What the right. might have been the first two? Yeah, well, you 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 are perhaps correct. So, what does all of this mean? Well, obviously, first and foremost, it means Dylan Johnson is is in the transfer portal and will not be making a return to Mississippi State. Um, what we learned later in the evening is that that little bit of, of quote, the because I'm not tough and Leach wants me gone, uh, came from the recording of a phone call that Mike Leach made to someone. We don't know who the phone call was to. We don't even know for sure at this time who recorded uh, the phone call. But Leach did, in fact, say that about Dylan Johnson, that he, was, he didn't think he was very tough and that he was, he was glad he was leaving. Um, that sparked a long few hours on Twitter of, of back and forth. Uh, obviously, no statement has been made by Mississippi State. No further statement has been made uh, by Dylan Johnson. He did say earlier today he was going to do an Instagram Live, but he canceled that. Um, and so we just sort of in a, in a holding pattern here to find out, to see if we can find out who made this recording, because that person, I would imagine, will no longer be a part of of the Mississippi State football program as well. Mike Leach did uh, give a text comment to ESPN. Uh, We actually didn't read this earlier. Uh, Quote, we only comment on players currently with our program. In any case, we wish him the best with his future. uh, That's what ESPN got. No comment, but here's a comment. Essentially. But yeah, that's the thing. I've actually been texting with a couple of people uh, throughout the show uh, about this on on that point. Um, people are uh, what is the expression? Missing the forest for the trees. When, when it comes to this, player hits the transfer portal. Happens all the time. Running back leaving Mike Leach's offense because he's not getting enough carries. Shocker. Mike Leach's running backs are not going to get satisfactory amount of carries because they throw it sixty times a game. Not surprising. 
it's the person that recorded this and put it and distributed it to players on the team or possibly teammates and it getting public. That is the biggest story here, in my opinion. Just like we said earlier, that it, it could be just one disgruntled person that doesn't like Mike Leach and just kind of wanted to, to bring him down too, or it could be emblematic of a larger problem within the program. Either way, it's not good. A lot of coaches say things that they don't want out in public, and those things don't become public. This one did. That's got to be dealt with one way or the other. So on that front, hey, Dad, what do you think happens next? Um, somebody will enter the transfer portal, and it'll be either be somebody we don't really care about entering the transfer portal, some backup receiver, backup linebacker, and you just that'll be the guy who did the video, but we won't know it because we don't care. Or somebody will enter the transfer portal and we'll go, oh, wow, why is he leaving? That's not good for State. And that'll be sort of the telltale sign that uh, that they, they were the one who did this. I just, I just don't see how, unless they have some sort of incredible reason for it, and it's, it's all some big miscommunication, which is going to be difficult for me to wrap my head around. But uh, I don't see how a coach can keep a player on his team that is recording supposedly private conversations and, and distributing them amongst his teammates. That feels like a, a breach of trust that will be difficult to overcome. Yeah, it does. And, and I, don't, I don't think There's that's no a stretch. That's not a reach. That's, a, you know, re- regardless of the reasoning, you know, whether it was one of Dylan Johnson's boys and he's like, hey, you need to hear this, and... <clears throat> decided to get it out or if it was a staff member who was trying to orchestrate a coup what whatever it is you got to figure out who that was and Mike Lee should have a really good idea of who it was mm-hmm. because he was talking to someone he, he should be able to pinpoint when he said that and to whom he said it and then go from there and if it's a player they got to go and if it's a staff member they for sure got to go I don't know how you you reach any other conclusion. Yeah. It's just a bad all-around situation, as we discussed at great detail in the first hour, that Dylan Johnson bears some blame, Mike Leach bears some blame, whoever the person. It's kind of funny. The person who recorded this, I feel like they did the worst thing, but I don't know, like, where am I blaming them? I don't know. Like, they they just put the video out. I don't know. I do blame them, though. There is some blame for them. And and we don't know who Mike Leach was talking to, right? We don't know if it was a right. staff member. Right. We don't know if it was another player. Caleb said, what if it was a recruit? I mean, I mean, that seems... doesn't seem like a great way to recruit, does it? To tell them, to tell, hey, yeah, this other player I don't like is leaving. I don't think he's very tough. I'm glad he's gone. That doesn't seem like how you get players in the door. And you said you think it was a call. You don't think it was like an in-person conversation where the conversation was just recorded? It sounds like the audio of a phone call to me. Maybe I'm playing CSI here. I don't know. Maybe. Enhance. Hmm. 
somebody asks, why would a coach speak with another player about another player? I would tend to think it's more likely a staff member. Well, maybe. But if it's a staff member, then who recorded it? Did the staff member record it? Now you've got, I mean... That's a real issue. Ooh. And like you said earlier, Richard, he knows. What is it, deductive reasoning? Even if it's multiple people, he can find out very quickly who recorded that? Yeah. Yeah. He knows who he said that to. This might be harsh, but I, I think it's honestly fair. Whoever did it needs to go. Gone. No, no debate. Go. Go, question. Gone. Not even no a conversation. The only conversation is, I know it was you. Pack your stuff. Go. Ryan in Oxford says, is there some thought that that brutal honesty from a coach is a breath of fresh air? Yeah, if it's directed specifically to a player speaking one-on-one, maybe so. We'll be right back. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Let's go. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Lights fill the streets, spreading so much cheer. I should be playing in the winter snow, but I'ma be under the mistletoe. Last time with you today on Sports Talk Mississippi. Tomorrow will be a Food Friday brought to you by our friends at Polk's. And then next week we will uh, we will get the bowl contest up and ready for you to come in and make your bowl picks for our final pick em of the year. Instead of a pick six, it'll be like a pick 40 or something like that. Ooh. So... It'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that next week. Uh, some of your reaction, ceasefire text line. Jason says, regardless player or assistant, it makes no sense for this to be a standalone incident. Something led up to someone being motivated to record that, then send it out. State better find out what it was. That's fair. Because and unless you guys just randomly all record all of your phone conversations with people, no. Because because I don't. I do not. No. There's a reason that person hit record. <clears throat> what is it? Another question caught the first part of the show today. Did you guys say that the leech comments made national news or will make national news? I don't think we said that, but it's uh. out there. Yeah. I mean, it was on the front page of ESPN College Football. Was it? It hasn't made as big a a splash as I thought it would, to be honest with you. That just struck me as something. Somebody who I'm surprised hasn't written an article is uh, Leach's favorite guy, old Big Gulp Dan, Dan Walken. But that feels like it's right in the wheelhouse for him and Forty and Wetzel and all those guys, and and, and none of them seem to have jumped on it. And I don't, I'm, I, I won't lie, I'm kind of surprised by that. They might be digging. Yeah. Billy and Matheson, will this push Mike Leach into retirement from football? No. Not this call, but if, if there's a reluctance to adapt to this era and, and these kids... That might do it. Uh, 
Honesty and tough talk has stopped being a breath of fresh air now that the college landscape is all about the grass being greener on the other side. Was that tough talk? He wasn't talking to the player himself. Yeah. Anybody can talk behind somebody's back. Yeah. Now, maybe he has said that directly to the player. After, in which... after the show, by the way, Borky, i got to tell you something about Richard, so just I'll call you. Well, you know, I'm down for that. Try, try not to record it, though. Mic off. <laughs> Is there another layer to this story? Like, like, does this story have <clears throat> a lifespan beyond today's news cycle? If they find the recorder, if they make it public, yes. Beyond that, no, something will happen tomorrow that we all move on to. If you were Mike Leach and you figured out who it was, would you publicly... Oust them? No. I think you've had enough public airing of dirty laundry for one week. Just explain to him he's no longer on the team. We're going to allow you to say you want to go to the transfer portal. We'll all leave friends. And that's that. That's how I would handle it. Is, is your gut, hey, Dad, that it's another player? Yes. And then Borky... You told me a little while ago, unrelated, that Auburn <laughs> people. Yeah, there's are... some Auburn reporters that are saying that Zach Arnett is uh, candidate number one now for defensive coordinator. I mean, in fairness, Hugh Freeze hasn't done very well with candidate number one, has he? Well, this is honestly like candidate fairness, number four. Hugh Freeze and Zach Arnett could not be a worse match than anybody else in the history of the world. Why is that? Doesn't Freeze have a no cussing at practice uh, policy? He also had a no drinking and never mind. Um. Well, I'm sure he had a lot of policies that you know <laughs> that uh, that didn't come through. But no, Ar- Arnett and Freeze would be like oil and uh, and water would not mix. So you're saying that he will occasionally paint a tapestry at practice? Now, my old man, yes, yes, some ma- some artists work in acrylics, others in oils. Zach Arnett's favorite medium is profanity, a master. <laughs> uh, Bob and Ponatot, what if Leach orchestrated this situation to create an extra scholarship? Come on. Come on. You can sign however many you want, up to 85. Come on, guys. We can come up with better conspiracies than this. We really can. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Hope you have a great Thursday night. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We will talk to you again tomorrow uh, starting at 3 o'clock. Good night.
Owning a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.